Welcome back to the podcast. This is Casey. I'm Jill. We are two Gen Xers and a microphone. Jill, tonight, Dear Doula is a sparker. It's a good one. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, and before we get into it, I want to dedicate this podcast to parents. Very fitting. You know, neither one of us are parents. Correct. And I think it is probably the toughest, most rewarding experience that you can ever have. I often tell my brothers and sisters that I'm sure it is equally exhilarating and exhausting. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) To think that they willingly signed up for it. But yes, yes. A life choice that you and I did not make. <laughs> yes. The good, the bad, the ugly, and it is not for the faint of heart. Right. So this is dedicated to all the parents out there who take it with the seriousness that it's meant to be. Right. So our question tonight actually comes as a result of a conversation between a parent and child. Yes. And the impact that parenting may or may not have on future parenting. So the question is, dear doula, is my mom responsible for my anxiety and the way I am approaching parenting today? That is a really good question that we can break down and explore this evening. Yep. I do think we have to break it down into the two parts. One, let's talk about the anxiety that is identified and then the impact of parenting. Yes. So when I... I look at this and I say, is my mom to blame for my anxiety, period. I can't, we don't know. Right, it's possible. It's possible. Anything is possible. Mm -hmm. What I do know is that anything in life, trying to shift the blame anywhere without doing self-awareness is never a good strategy. Right. Anxiety and depression right now are the two mental illnesses that are the most um, the most commonly the highest diagnosed of all mental health illnesses. And so today it is astonishing that one in five adults and one in three kids are being diagnosed with some type of mental health issue. Again, with anxiety and depression at the very top of the list of all of the mental health disorders. And it does range, but anxiety, knowing that anxiety and depression are often lumped together and that that is so common. Jill, I think you've hit it, is that self-awareness goes a long way. Also, what happens with mental health diagnosis is that it takes 8 to 11 years from first symptom that is seen or observed to diagnosis sometimes. And that is way too long. I think about our physical health and we would not let our child walk around with a broken bone for 11 years. We just wouldn't do it. You wouldn't because they would be deformed. Yes. It would wreck the rest of their being, mm-hmm. whether their their knees out of joint, it's going to affect the whole being. Right. And that stunt, right? Stunting their growth, their physical ability. Well, that's exactly what's happening when mental health is not diagnosed. And so being able to have tools available and at your disposal to recognize some signs is 
amazing to have those. And I think that that's why we also say that the anxiety might be, right, (laughs) at the fault of the mom. But also when this mom started parenting, those tools were not readily available. Anxiety was not on the chart for what we're looking for. Now, there was a lot of ADHD being diagnosed. There were, you know, or or the more serious of the mental health issues. But in our generation, Jill, when we were sad, when we were lonely, when we were depressed, mm-hmm. we were told just to cheer up. Right. Cheer up. It's going to be a better day tomorrow, you know, and generally that was true. So, you know, when we look about, well, what's to blame? Is it our environment? You know, is it our society? You know, things are way different. We didn't grow up with the technology. Now we do. Maybe that has something to do with it. It's really hard to pinpoint it, but I think that what is really critical is to understand when it's happening. Right. Because you're right. You can't go 8 to 11 years Mm -mm. without it being diagnosed. Mm -mm. So it's kind of like when you're feeling off kilter, it's like, whoa, something's something's not right. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, when your friends are pulling you aside and saying, hey, you know what, your attitude and your withdrawal I'm concerned about. Sure. I think when our listener is looking backwards, what she's not doing is creating that space where there is an acknowledgement that, yes, that may have been my past experience, but I do acknowledge it. I recognize that it has had an impact, and today I can look for the resources. I can look for the tools that are needed to move through it and to manage it. Yeah, and that and that's critical, and we say it so much. You have to move through it. Mm-hmm. Do not try to go around it. Do not try to medicate it mm-hmm. um, because it's there. Right. And you have, there are tools out there. They also, the important thing is to, like you said, look forward because looking in the past is full of resentment. It's mm-hmm. full of bitterness. Right. There's nothing good that that can bring to your life. Right. So it's all about acknowledging the self-awareness what can I do in the future Mm -hmm. Um, because when you are hurting you have to make the right choices right you're looking long term for this life not for an immediate here and now that's it so then going into that second part of the question is is my mom responsible for the way I'm approaching parenting I would say there's definitely an impact. Now, I think the same set of rules and guidelines that we just talked about with anxiety is the self-awareness has to be there. The reflection on, am I parenting the way that I was once parented? What worked for me? What didn't work? Can I take the good parts? Can I take the effective parts? And can I build upon those as the foundation for the way that I want to be a parent? And not be stuck in the past wishing for a better experience that then would make me a better parent today. Because the wishing and the hoping is not going to get you a better past experience. No, it's about the action here and now. That's it. And the thing that is so important too is that 
you get to choose how you're going to parent. Your biggest role models were your parents. Mm -hmm. And you can say, yes, I like this. Yes, I didn't thrive in this. Um, And I want to do things differently. Right. Because this is what I think is going to flourish, Mm -hmm. you know, for my children. And there's a lot of things, you know, growing up in our generation, our parents, my parents, um, I don't want to speak for everyone's, (laughs) but it was not a... um, Every day, oh, a hug, I love you, you know, that kind of thing. The love was there, but especially like my dad, you know, he was not, when I was growing up, vocal, you know, about that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he wrote me a note one time, um, I think about you, you know, when I was off to college, Mm -hmm. but it was just a different generation, sure, you know, kind of thing. But now... You see the parents, hey, love you. They're mm-hmm. giving them a hug. And, you know, so I think that that is so, um, you know, elevated thinking and practicing to say, I'm going to parent this way. Yes. I think it is definitely a conscientious decision. The I love you's were in short supply for both my mom and my dad as when they were growing up. Mm-hmm. And so they made a concerted effort that they would never be in short supply for my siblings and me while we were growing up. So we heard it often. And so we, yeah, we were that family where at the end of a phone call, at the end of a dinner, the, you know, going to bed, we always, and even still today, we will text my dad, his signature sign off when he's done texting you and he doesn't want you bothering him any, <laughs> any longer is love you, see ya, I'll or see ya, love ya, one or the other. <laughs> and it just cracks me up because you know, okay, dad's done. But they they made a very intentional decision to parent differently than how they were parented. And it doesn't discount the parenting they got. They took what worked, what they felt would build their family foundation and they built it up. So they took the best pieces, they made they had that conversation and they started there and they didn't carry that resentment into the future. They didn't hold on to what they didn't have as a parental force or guide. They just said, "No. Here's what really did work. Here's what made us who we are today. So we're going to stick that as the foundation and now we're just going to build on it." And I think that's really, really powerful for anyone who is contemplating parenting is to consider how were you parented and what would you do differently? You can't change it. No, you can't change it. What's done is done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would venture to say and I would hope to say that all the parents, they did the best that they could with what they knew at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I agree. Barring, you know, crazy circumstances. Yeah. So I love that um, we, you and I, Jill, because we don't have kids, we opted out. Um, I often say when, you know, some of my friends might be complaining about being a parent, mm-hmm. I say, these are life choices. Yes. These are 100% the life choices that you make. And again, I think you you definitely have a choice to carry into your parenting 
all of the greatness that you got. And if you didn't get any, then change it all. Now is the time to change a cycle Mm -hmm. because parenting is a choice. It is a choice. And talking about choices, this is a great quote from Nelson Mandela. May your choices reflect your hopes, not your fears. I absolutely love that. And I think this, that answers, in my opinion, the question is don't rely on the fear of what you missed out on or what you didn't have or what you're carrying into the future, but carry that hope with you into where you're going and what you can give your kids. Absolutely. That's what you've got to do is focus on that future. It is so bright, as bright as you choose to make it. That's it. Until we all have hope, here's your weekly dose. Bye-bye. If your life didn't turn out how you thought it would, you are in the right place. If you're confident that life turned out exactly as it was supposed to, then tell us what you'd like to discuss and why. You can reach us at two Gen Xers and a mic. That is the number two, G-E-N-X-E-R-S-A-N-D-A-M-I-C at gmail.com.